All right, something different for this evening. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Say, what in the world? That has nothing to do with Romans. Well, let me explain a little bit, and I, I do trust you'll be both patient and understanding at the same time. And uh, uh, let me encourage you, obviously, with the sickness going around, let me reiterate, it's not food poisoning from the wild game dinner, okay? There's been some rumors going around. It has nothing to do with wild game dinner. We had people sick beforehand, adults and children, uh, children in the school and adults in the church and schools, both likewise, or uh, excuse me, adults in the church and children in the church. Afterwards, people didn't go to the wild game dinner getting sick and things, so it has nothing to do with that. It just it may have been that it was <laughs> spread there uh, from fo- folks to folks, people to people. So just let me put that rumor to bed and uh, helping each and every one. So um, honestly, too, though, even with myself being sick, but I've been out the last couple of days. I don't know if my immune system's weaker, as it seems, obviously, with immune disorder. And so it's just it's taken me a long time to recover, even today, and uh, in bed and trying to get better and things like that. So what I did for the and I just kind of pulled out an old Sunday school lesson that uh, I was familiar with. In fact, crossed my desk earlier uh, this week or last week. And so I'm going to share it with you. It's not original with me or anything like that. It comes from uh, a Sunday school lesson, much like you and I uh, use in our Sunday school classes and things. So I kind of resurrect one. I think it's a good one. We're here in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's actually from the, the life of David. And you know, it's a good challenge. I like it. It's always been a challenge to me in what is presented here and so uh, we're going to look here in a moment but the fact is this in life we choose our own weapons we choose how we face life and and how we're going to go about it and each one of us really has already made a choice we may not realize it yet or not but we have and here it is it's the title of the message there's no outline to follow there are some lines on the back of the prayer bulletin if you want to follow along there but uh, literally we are either living by force or we're living by faith and what do we mean well certainly by faith we understand that concept trust in god but what do we mean by living by force well it's the idea that you and i can just make it through life pull myself up by my bootstraps i can get through my own energy my own strength i i can be a force to be reckoned with uh when there's problems issue personal problems at home at work and so i'll I'll just be stronger i'll be tougher and and i can get through that's the idea when we say this question or share this question are you living by uh, a life of faith or a life of force look at first samuel chapter 17 look at verse 45 if you will with me first samuel chapter 17 verse 45 then said david to the philistine we all know who that philistine is he's goliath thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield but i come to thee in the name of the lord of hosts the god of the armies of israel whom thou hast defied now that's interesting it's really a summarization given to you and i by david of the battle that's about to happen Notice it really wasn't between a great champion of, a, uh, of an army and a little shepherd boy. It wasn't really even a battle between the army of Israel and the army of Phil- the Philistines. In fact, you, at first glance, it might appear to be a national conflict, but it wasn't even really that. David had said, you, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. So he kind of gives it context for us. 
Now, I want you to notice in the statement, in the verse here, as we kind of tear it apart, David said this, Thou comest to me. That's the way the giant was coming. He was coming how? With a sword, a spear, and a shield. David said, But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. And it's one way or the other in life. Either you are a person who attacks life with uh, the really a life of force. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to get through it. One way or the other, I'm going to do it, and I'll get through it. Or you're going to say, no, wait a minute. Here's the only way I'm going to get through life. It's faith in Christ. It's trusting Him with everything. Struggles, challenges, temptations, you name it, needs. I'm going to trust Him. It really is. You can't have it both ways. It's one way or the other. It's never both. In fact, we could put it this way. Uh, We must decide whether we're going to face our problems with a spear and with a sword and with a shield or if we're going to face them in the name of the Lord. Are we going to turn things into literally a spiritual battle? Because if we are spiritual beings, and really Romans chapter 8 deals with that, that you and I are spiritual beings, then every conflict is spiritual. You say, well, wait a minute, so my, my need for finances, my health situation. Yeah, I don't know about you, but boy, uh, when I go through sickness, it sure does either build up my prayer life or <laughs> detracts from it. <laughs> it either increases me, it either ministers, or it, it's used to, to profit me spiritually by depending on the Lord, even in that. And so the reality is, and the question is, what have you decide to uh, face life with? Force or faith? Is it that you and I are truly those, as we were reminded of on Sunday, the just shall live by faith? Uh, What is it for you? See, we're all going to either live by force or by faith. And it goes without saying this. The world's way is to live by force. Uh, The world's uh, way would be described as this. I can overpower you. I can outrun you. I can out-scheme you, out-deceive you. I can out-talk you. I can out-anger you. I can out-scream you. I can out-fight you. I can out-spend you. And I can out-force you. That's really the world's way. That's the only way it knows how to operate. By force, not, not by faith. When you think about it, that's really the only way that those who do, know, who do not know Jesus Christ can operate. It's the world's way, whether it be a business, whether it be at home, whether it be personal conflict, whatever the case may be, it manifests itself in different forms and in different ways, but it's always the same, and it's not the Lord's way. The Lord's way is what? To trust Him, to put your faith in Him. And can I tell you, you say, okay, how do I know if I'm facing life with a life of force or a life of faith? How do I know that I, I'm more like David and less like Goliath and less like the Philistines and carnality? Well, probably the greatest secret um, uh, barometer, uh, t- litmus test to whether you are someone who, who lives by faith as opposed to live by force, it's, it's no secret that it's, the secret is your prayer life your prayer life how much do you really depend upon the lord how much do you time do you really spend with him your prayer life is going to give us a good indication if you are a person who walks by faith you live by faith or you live by force in other words how many people will take even believers they'll fail to take certain things uh, to the lord in prayer Uh, they'll worry about it they'll fret about it they'll talk about it but they don't take it to the lord in prayer they don't speak to him about it 
Or, well, we'll just have to handle it some way. We'll just have to take care of it some way. And it's by sheer human force or human ability or human power. And the fact is this, no matter what we say about how we are living, oh, yeah, I'm living by faith. We are not living by faith if we don't have a prayer life. If we're not in prayer, if we're not talking to God continually and constantly and taking our burdens to Him, the reality is uh, you're not walking. You're not living by faith. And my friend, that it can be convicting to us. But the fact is, it's true. It's true. See, a preacher was in Florida one day, and he was speaking there, but he met with a young man who came to see him about an important decision in his life. And they decided to take a walk together, and doing so, they stopped a, over a river, a bridge that had crossed that, and as the preacher just kind of talked to him and kind of asked him questions about his life, the boy spoke up and he simply said something to the effect of this, I, I'm trying to decide how I'm going to live my life. Preacher in response just simply said, well, explain what your idea is, what you're thinking about life. And this is the simple statement the young man made to the pre- uh, preacher. He said, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to live by faith or not. It's a decision. In fact, what that young man articulated was what something that maybe we wouldn't necessarily say out loud. We wouldn't share with anybody. But the fact is this. We're deciding every day whether to live by faith or not. Whether to live by force. I'll just go through today myself and I'll face this and this and this and this. Or I'll live by faith and I'm going to trust God and I'm, I'm going to share with Him and I'm going to allow Him to fight the battle. How did David put it? I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Call me crazy, friend, but I'll tell you this. I think it'd be a good thing when you and I woke up in the morning that we declare we're going to live this day in the name of the Lord of hosts. We're going to face everything it throws at us and everything we're going to face and everything that comes up in our life. I'm going to live it in the power of the Lord of the host. Truly, that's what David was saying here. This young man that spoke to the preacher, as he honestly admitted this personal struggle, it takes place in all of our lives. Um, you know, when you come to the place of trusting God, the good news is this, everything is settled. It's settled. I mean, it, it's a done deal, as I would like to say. You see, the fact that Goliath was a soldier and a giant, and then he was the Philistine champion, did not have anything to do with whether David was going down the valley. You know what we don't read? We don't read in this passage that David came to the edge, he heard Goliath, he looks down and goes, uh-oh, that guy's too big. Uh, no, I don't think so. Now, if he was if he was a little bit shorter, if he was seven foot instead of ten foot, uh, if, if he was if he was just about two fifty instead of three fifty, okay, then then we have game on. But nope, no, no, no. See, that did not determine anything. That did not settle anything. It didn't matter if he came down and Goliath was fifteen foot tall and five hundred pounds. Now that would have been something to see, though, huh? It didn't matter. Faith had settled it long ago. He knew that what this battle was and that God had wanted him to come. And it wasn't all dependent, might we put it this way, on whether or not David would trust God in that moment. And the size of the battle, the size of the, the opponent didn't matter. See, once David placed his faith in God, everything else was settled. And my friend, that's really... That's the one great thing we have to decide is whether we are truly going to trust God. And the only ones that can trust God for daily battles and victories are those who have trusted God for eternal victory. See, you can't trust God until you've come to put your faith and trust in God for salvation. So you can't trust Him for daily victories until that is the case. 
See, the life of faith then in turn takes every need in our lives to the Lord. Every struggle, every problem, every fight, every conflict then is taken to the Lord. It becomes what we would, what some have termed the faith life. In other words, I'm such in a practice that I live by faith is that, boy, I take everything to God. I, I give it to Him. And the fact is this, many Christians, many people are crushed under a weight that God never intended them to bear on their own or to bear it all. The Bible's clear, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Uh, he, he's able to succor, though, is the terminology in the Scriptures, literally comfort and help us. He's able to succor us. He's able to come alongside. I, I love, boy, the picture in Hebrews of Jesus Christ being that interceding priest on our behalf who's touched by our infirmities, that, that is there to help us in every way possible. That is the life of faith that says, oh, wow, what a, what a great God that I have, that I can now live by faith and trust in Him. See, this life of faith, and we'll give you a few points here. Number one, the life of faith honors God. Such a life honors God. Now, the life of force honors man. Uh, Can I put it this way? Victory from a life of faith is credited to God alone. But victory from a life of force is credited to whom? The person. If I said, hey, I made it through my, boy, I, I have made it through this struggle and this day and this problem and this issue. And I mean, I, you know what, I, I, and I've talked, you've probably talked to them too. I've talked to many a person who says, you know, I made it this far in life by my own. I'll make it the rest of the way. What are they talking about? They're talking about a life of force. They, they, and who, who are they honoring in that kind of statement? <laughs> it's all about me. I deserve the credit. I made it thus far. Well, The fact is, in the life of faith, and may I just make this point, if you know the Lord Jesus, obviously as your Savior, if you're a believer, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're living a life of faith. It's possible to know the Lord as your Savior and still live by force. See, Paul alluded to this in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 1, he, he spoke to the church there at Corinth and he said this, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Now that's interesting. It ties well into Romans chapter 8, which we'll get back to in a couple weeks here. Okay, we're talking about spiritually minded versus carnally minded and the contrast in Romans chapter 8. We'll get into that verse 5 and following. But here he says in 1 Corinthians, listen, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual. I'm speaking to you as carnal. So you and I as believers, we can revert back in life to living by force. What started in faith, sometimes we think we can continue by force. The very life he's given us in Christ that we try to live out. What's he saying there? Well, he's saying, I'm dealing with saved people. I'm dealing with people who have asked the Lord to forgive their sin and by faith receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Obviously very important. And yet he's saying, I'm dealing with saved people, but some of you are not spiritual. You're, you're carnal. You're still living by force as the world might. That's really what happened in 1 Samuel chapter 17, isn't it? The Philistines, you think about it, the Philistines decided how the battle was going to go. 
They dictated the terms of, uh, of this conflict and how it would happen. In fact, what they determined was, listen carefully, it was going to be a force issue. We're going to have a battle, and it's going to come down to force. It's going to be whoever's strong is enough. If we might put it this way, they held all of Israel at bay by determining how it was going to be done. Literally, they said this. We're going to choose the, 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 the biggest, strongest, roughest, toughest guy in our army, and you choose the biggest, strongest, roughest, toughest guy in your army, and we're going to let them get together, and the biggest, strongest, toughest, roughest guys are going to determine determine what happens that's literally how they that that was their decision and frankly here's what's sad about it it didn't sound all that bad until their giant stepped out that's kind of like well now that's unfair you didn't tell us you had him (laughs) you didn't let us know that sounded good and the problem is this israel could match the force obviously And to make matters worse, what had Saul been doing almost his entire life? Living by force. See, Saul always tried to overwhelm somebody. What, David? You're going to try to take over my my, my throne? I'm going to kill you. (laughs) I'm going to kill you. He picked up on this, uh, this life philosophy of overcoming with force. And so now he's faced with a situation, and I'll tell you, friends, here's, here's the truth of the matter. You live by force, you'll always find out eventually that that force has a limit. I, I always told my players, basketball, soccer, whatever it was I coached, I always said this, don't think you are something when it comes to being a player, because you always remember something I always remember when I played. There's always somebody out there who's better than you. <laughs> there always is. There always is. And the fact is this, when you try to live by force and you try to uh, live life through your own gusto and umph and everything else, you're going to find out that it too has its limit. I love this story for this simple truth. Here was Israel overpowered. If the victory is going to be won, it had to be won by matching force against force. That's what the Philistine terms dictated you realize how many people how many christians have allowed the world to do the same thing how we've allowed the world to dictate to us how things are going to go how things are going to happen how how situations are going to be worked out and and how they're going to be the, the victory or the end is going to be determined we've allowed the world to determine how we're going to live our lives we allowed them to set the bounds and make the rules uh, remember believer we are in this world but we are not to be of this world we're to come out from among them and be ye separate you and i are not called to live a life of force what are we rather called to do we're called to live a life of faith in a world of force the philosophy hasn't changed it didn't become prominent because somebody wrote it in a book and called it the survival of the fittest can i tell you that's been around since man first sinned cain and abel the idea if i can beat you and kill you then i'm i i am that is force 
What did sin usher in? Force. This life of force. That if I can just do enough and struggle enough, my own power and strength, then I can accomplish it. But friend, you and I are not called to a life of force. We are called to a life of faith. A life of faith. And I'll tell you what a life of faith does. It doesn't point to me because my faith is small. It's not in me. My faith is in the God of heaven. The life of faith honors Him. Sadly, many of us Christians, we, we use the same foolish tactics that the world uses. When we get into problems and conflict in our homes and our business, and in our, we try to use the life of force. But God's Word tells us our weapons, our warfare, even struggles. Boy, we yell and get mad at, at somebody who brings us bad news or a bill. Or What are we doing? Well, the Bible says that our weapons are different. They're not the weapons of our enemies. Our God is mighty. You know, he's given us weapons that can only be appropriated, employed, and picked up by faith. So God wants you and I to live a life of faith. You know, the fact is this, not only does the life of faith honors God, but it also, it's rarely found. The life of faith is rarely found. Goliath continued his threats, his threats, excuse me. And as he continued his threats, what happened? They went throughout the, the, the camp of Israel trying to find someone who's going to match him force with force. They were trying to find someone who'd go down in the valley and face Goliath. And what happened? No one could be found. It's not always easy to find someone who's going to live by faith, is it? fact is this, to much of our shame, we sometimes spend so very little time with God. We place greater value on lesser things. Could it be that some of us take more time getting ready, ourselves dressed, than we do praying? The Bible tells you and I to redeem the time, for the days are evil. You say, Pastor Henry, you're sounding alarm. No, I'm not sounding alarm. Listen, friend, since you and I became saved, the alarm has been sounding. Redeem the time. Redeem the time. Redeem the time. Spend time with God. Prayer time. Bible time. Build your faith. Live a life of faith. See, the Christian life is a life of faith through and through. The reason the entire army of Israel would not move it's because they learned to live by force, not by faith. May I say today that the reason there's so little advance in God's work at times is that we've lost sight of the greatness of God. And often that's because we've lost time spent with Him. More, and you, more time you and I spend, the more we're in prayer with God, the more we realize how great a God we serve. And He is worthy to be lived for by faith. Force, as we said earlier, force always has its limits. Always does. When we reach that end, what happens? Well, you take someone in life who lives by force. The fact is, when they reach, even a Christian who, who maybe lives by force after they've been saved by faith, they reach those limits. What happens? Well, uh, they feel overpowered. We wonder what we can do. We give way to hopelessness and despair. And yet, if we're walking by faith, the fact is this. You and I can face a 10-foot giant. We can face a 15-foot giant. We can face a 20-foot giant. And it does not matter because we are walking by faith. 
Every battle, every struggle we face on a daily basis, we're not going into it. I know, okay, here goes Stephen Henry to the battle again. No, no, here goes Stephen Henry, a child of God. I'm a child of the Lord of hosts. And everything is a spiritual battle because I am a spiritual being. I am created new in Christ and I am one of His. I'm a child and He's called me out to live a new life, not by force, but a new life of faith. And my friend, when you and I by faith, we live that kind of life, we continue to move forward, we press on and we get to claim the victory. Here's another neat truth about the, the life of faith. Not only does it honor God, not, sadly, sometimes it's rarely found, uh, thankfully it can be found in the presence of god a good prayer time and spending time with him and in communion and fellowship but here's a good truth notice the conversation between them uh, in the following verses but specifically we're really focusing on verse 45 he says this thou comest to me with a sword and spear and a shield but i come in to thee in the name of the lord can i tell you this the life of faith protects it protects going into that battle the big guy with all the weapons and and the armor boy he felt protected but the fact of the matter was it was the little guy with hardly anything that was the best protected he was the one that that was going to come out on the other end if we might describe it as such um, it's interesting how did he what uh, what did he walk down there with well he he mentioned it alluded to it for sure he went in the strength of the lord see there's a big difference isn't it the world will say you need all of this and you need this to handle this boy if a financial meltdown's coming down you need to have a good retirement fund you need to have a good uh, bank account and everything else oh you never know what's going to happen so you need to make sure that you have a uh, a huge assortment of guns because you don't know who's going to attack your house and the world tells us all kinds of things to meet force with force Aren't you thankful tonight that a life of faith is a very minimalist life? All you need is faith in God. And you have strength. You have the strength of the Lord on your part. You have Him fighting the battles and going with you into battle as David demonstrated here. What a great truth. And there's safety there. You know that apart from God, there is absolutely no protection? I'm telling you, you may have the greatest arsenal in your home, but I'm telling you, if God's not protecting you, ain't protected. You, most, you may have the most money that anybody could save. Well, I tell you, that's not safe unless God says it's safe. We often say this, and it is so very true. If God were to call you or I as a missionary or some form of a servant of His to the most primitive place where the people are cruel and barbaric, I'll tell you, if God calls you there, that is the safest place you could be. It's the safest place. Smack dab in the middle of the will of God. There's no safer place. It's much safer than sitting under a shade tree in some quaint country town. The life of faith protects us. But you know what a life of force does? You ever know the guy who was the the one who always beat up somebody else? He was the bully, if you want to term him that, but the guy who always, I mean, you look at it in professional sports, whether it be boxing and, and wrestling, MMA, hey, what are they always doing? They're always looking where? Over their shoulder. Why? Because someone's always coming for them. 
never protected it always a life of force endangers us and i'll tell you a friend if you and i were living through life with force i dare say if you and i are trying to get through life with just our own sheer ability and strength and power satan's going to defeat you and i he's going to be that bigger guy coming that we're looking over our shoulder for god never intended that for you and i's believers and the great truth is the life of faith protects us the scriptures you know the story as well as i do david comes out victoriously and later on david took a pen inspired by the holy spirit he wrote this in psalm chapter 34 notice it just listen carefully i'll read it out loud i'll slow down a couple levels than what i normally speak and you listen to what david wrote he said this i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. I love this verse. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. What a great statement, isn't it? Can I tell you today, as you and I are children of God and we live by faith and we trust in God, you know what we can take to the bank and we understand it even from a New Testament doctrine and principle and truth, I am thankful that, that God's angels are encamped around us. That they are protecting us and they, from the enemy at times that we don't know, we are, we are told of spiritual warfare. We're even Gabriel and others, Michael the archangel, even fighting demons and, and the devil and so forth. And we know not all that happens in the spiritual realm, but the fact is this, boy, it is good to have a God who hears our troubles. And delivers us and his angels encompassed about us. Man, I can just picture David living by faith and he's heading down that, that mountain into that valley and he's thinking this. Uh-oh, what have I gotten myself into? Oh no, here's what I'm thinking. I bet Goliath doesn't know that I have 10,000 angels with me. That the God of heaven, the host, is right here. And boy, if he wanted to, there could be 10,000 angels in that valley. Goliath would have had to fight all of them. There are times that you and I face a struggle and a problem and an issue and whatever the conflict, you name it. And the fact is this, friend, we know not the force that God has with us right there. But what we do know is that we have the strength of the Lord. That's a great truth. And boy, that is a wondrous comfort uh, when we think about it in terms of, okay, I, I just need to live by faith. We are trusting God. We're believing Him. We're leaning on Him. We're fearing Him. And God says His angels are encamped round about them that fear Him. Wherever you and I go, whatever we do in the name of the Lord, whatever we attempt to do by God's grace and faith, the Lord promises to be with us. And He indwells us. That's true. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But here's the caveat. Here's the problem with that. If you and I live by force, you know what sometimes God does? Okay, you're going to live by force? We'll let you fail. 
You're going to do it on your own? You're going to try this life thing by your own strength and your own ability? And can I tell you, I, I dare say most of you would have to join me. How many of us have tried to tackle something in life on our own strength and failed? I have. I've gone on my own strength. I, I've done it in Stephen Henry's own ability. I, I've tried to face something that, that, okay, it wasn't that big of a deal. And so maybe I didn't pray about it. Maybe I didn't take the Lord. And man, did I find out otherwise. Kind of like the Israelites when they defeated Jericho and then they headed off to Ai thinking everything was great and yet they were sin in the camp. And they should have laid, laid waste to Ai and it didn't happen. Yeah, we have those moments too. Those times, as Paul might describe, carnality, where we kind of lean on the flesh, the force uh, to overcome and to handle life. And boy, don't we, when we do that, when we stop living a life of faith, when we start living a life of force, you know what we do? We open ourselves up to the enemy. We make ourselves easy picking for an enemy who's like a lion who seeks whom he may, what's the word? Devour. <laughs> I love that picture there. Devour. He's going to devour us. That's why we've got to walk by faith. You see, God protects us and camps around us when we live by faith. A life of force. What does it bring? Hurt, heartache, destruction, pain. But a life of faith, boy, it brings victory. There's no way under heaven. And here's the problem with force. Because with force, you try to handle everything yourself. You try to protect yourself. And I'll tell you, friend, there's no way under heaven uh, that you and I can completely protect ourselves from everything. You can take out every insurance policy. You can try to predict everything that could happen and have every contingency plan in the world. But you can't prepare and predict everything that's going to happen. Prepare for and predict everything that's going to happen. You think about it just simply in this. Any man, any woman, anywhere, anytime can say anything they please about you. They can. Any man, any woman, anytime, anywhere can say anything they please about you. And certainly many times people have said things they should not have said, and the Lord's going to re reward them according to their deeds and words. But you know what? If you're a person of force, if you're somebody who says, I'm going to live this life like the world does, you think you have to right every injustice. And boy, how often has that worked out for us? How good does that happen when we get tit for tat as the description would be? That when someone punches me verbally, I punch them back verbally. Hey, let God take care of it. Live a life of faith that trusts the Lord. It was Paul that said of Alexander the coppersmith in 2 Timothy 4.14, he said this, The Lord reward him according to his works. The Lord's going to take care of it. David had nothing to worry about when he went into that valley, when he went there to fight Goliath. Quite the contrary, <laughs> Goliath had everything to worry about. He was not protected. He should have been alarmed because a life of force endangers a person while the life of faith is one that is protected by God. Notice last but not least, not only does life of faith protect, but the life of faith brings eternal victory eternal victory at the end of this verse verse 45 he, he says this david is but i come to thee in the name of the lord of hosts the god of the armies of israel whom thou hast defied see god gave david a long-lasting victory here's a great truth about it it's a long-lasting victory now, the life of faith can be long-lasting victory after victory and it affected here with david the entire nation all of israel 
we understand the principle, New Testament and Old Testament, you're going to reap what you sow. And uh, we're reaping today what we've sown in the past, each one of us. You see, David didn't decide, and here's part of the secret to it. David didn't decide in that moment when he went to the camp of Israel and, and he heard Goliath challenging the armies of God. He didn't decide in that moment, okay, God, I, I'm going to start following you by faith. I, I'm going to start living by faith. No, he, he made that decision long before he ever faced Goliath. It was already, it was already a vital part of his life. You remember, he went into Saul. And Saul, King Saul's there and goes, oh, man, you are way too short. What was Saul thinking? Force against force. I mean, David, Saul looks at Goliath, he looks at David. He looks at Goliath, he looks at David. He goes, this ain't going to work. They're going to laugh at us. This ain't going to work. And he starts talking, why, why shouldn't you? And you remember what David said? David said, and he started to talk to Saul, and he said this, the Lord, and then he explains, he says, delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. What's that speaking of? Man, David, David must be some kind of warrior. You know, he, you know, he must, you know, good things come in small packages is what the saying says. So David is one of these things. Good things come in small. No, no, this isn't credit to David. Where's the credit? The Lord. The Lord delivered me. He's already experienced walking in faith. In other words, we may say that he is, he is demonstrating a faith life, a life that is dictated and has been for some time, a decision made long time ago that he has reestablished and recommitted to daily, saying, I'm going to live by faith. Lion shows up. Okay, Lord, I need to protect these sheep. You've got to help me. I'm, that's the only way I'm going to face it. And I guarantee you, a David prayed to God and said that. Give me the victory. Help me stop this lion from taking dad's sheep. And now he recounts for Saul to Saul, and he says, listen, the Lord delivered me. I've walked by faith. I, I've been down this path of faith before. My friend, he'd already learned to live by faith and seen the victory that comes from it, the lasting victory. Yes, victory, or excuse me, walking by faith is always in the present tense, but the life of faith encourages us to continually, day by day, uh, struggle by struggle, moment by moment, live by faith. It's not simply a matter of faith action as we might describe it. It is literally a faith life that we need. It becomes routine and habit for you and I as believers to say, wait, I can't do anything without faith. I, that's the only way that I'm going to live is by faith. I can't try to get through this. I can't try to face that on my own. I can't try to uh, get more strength and, and pull myself up on my bootstraps. And make No, I'm going to live by faith day after day, moment after moment. We can't expect to live a, a life of force and expect God's blessing as Christians just doesn't happen doesn't go together if we might put it that way oh you may have one short-term victory after another you may win an argument but you will face the very same battle tomorrow it's going to come back around on you the christian life requires faith each day a determination to live a life of faith and doing god's will and abiding in it forever see david was a giant killer no doubt but being more than a giant killer, David was a man of faith. Look at verse 46, if you will, with me. The very next verse, and we bring it to a close. David goes on. He says, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, 
and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I, I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Notice what he does not say. Hey, listen, after I'm done feeding your carcasses and all your Philistine brethren to the, to the fowls and, and they're done licking it up and everything else, listen, everybody's going to know that David is the heavyweight champion of Israel. That's not what he says. He says that there is a God. That all the earth should know that there is a God in Israel. What do we say the life of faith does? It honors God. And I tell you, when you and I have a good day and we get through things and we face things we've never faced before and there's struggles and problems and trials and heartaches to come up and you and I live by faith and the fact is we come out on the other end of the day victorious, my friend, that's not to our credit, that's to God's credit and His glory because we have come to live by faith. Here's, let's remind ourselves of this. And I'm done. The life of faith honors God. The life of faith honors man. See, if it comes down to it, if I am, if all that matters is that I am right and not wrong, then we've missed it. If all that matters and, and, and that, that I come out as being proven right and, and not wrong, then we've missed it. Because if God is glorified, is what matters i'm to live this life in such a way that god is brought glory that he is exalted uh, exalted i live i am created for his pleasure each one of us and we might say regenerated created twice over both in life but also spiritually in salvation see in our homes it ought not to matter if i am the bat if i'm the boss excuse me it ought not to matter. What ought to matter is whether or not Jesus Christ is glorified in our home. It ought not to matter whether or not I win the argument. It ought not to matter that I, I am proven to be right. It ought to matter whether or not God is glorified. Whether it be in business, whether it be at home, whether it be at church, or wherever it is, whatever it occurs at, it's whether Jesus Christ is glorified that matters. And here's the bottom line. The life of faith enables others to see the Lord in you. The life of force enables others to see just you. See, the life of faith, when I live it correctly, and I, I say, okay, all that I'm doing is through Christ, and as David said, boy, I come into you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he goes on to say, listen, I, I'm going to kill you today. And when I kill you, and in fact, all your friends up there, when that happens, when we defeat you, then everyone's going to know that there is a God in Israel. And the faith, the life of faith, the faith life, Boy, my friend, it enables other people to see God when you and I live it. But if you're going to live a life of force, even after being a Christian, if you think, oh, I can just get through this, I can handle this, and, I, and um, that's only going to bring honor to you, and only people are going to see you. But boy, how much better it is to, to bring the glory to Him. I, I was thinking of this as reviewing the, the message earlier this afternoon. Uh, let me put it this way. In life... Don't be a force to be reckoned with. Live a life of faith in the one to be reckoned with. 
See, don't be a force to be reckoned with in life. I know a lot of people who, who have it their life's goal to be a force to be reckoned with by other people. Don't, don't try to live life like that. Live a life of faith in the one who needs to be reckoned with. And that's the God of heaven. It's the difference between living the life of faith and the life of force. Who will you enable other people to see? I think David gives us a great demonstration in teaching on this life of faith.